better, five better, five better podcast. Five better, five better, five better podcast. Welcome to Five Better Podcast. It's been a while since we last spoke. Jim, isn't it? It's been certainly like four months. We are now in Easter, dear listeners. Easter. And uh, what can I say about Easter? But we get two weeks off work. That's what I can say. <laughs> it's the only reason we've been able to do a podcast. I don't follow the uh, the Nazarene or anything like that. But uh, I take the holidays. I take the holidays. What do you have that? Take the holidays and run. <laughs> um, we're starting a new episode, and we're we're going we're going right to the heart of music with Elton John's Rocket Man. Why is that, Jim? Well, there's a lot of biopics been around at the moment, and uh, the latest biopic to be coming out in the next few months is um, uh, an Elton John bio, biopic with uh, Taron Ta- 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 Egerton. Egerton yeah. that's it. Um, I knew he was in Egerton. There's like Egerton, Eggie Egerton, Peter Egerton. <laughs> Bacon Egerton. Bacon Egerton. <laughs> But there's an, he was in. He's been in films with like Adam Driver and stuff like that. He's good. I really like him. Oh, the, okay. the older brother. So this one should be uh, should be good. Um, I tell you what, should we have a listen to the song? Let's have a listen to it. Well, I was just going to say oh, why we do why we're doing it. I mean, obviously there's a biopic of Elton John. However, uh, I don't know whether we've covered this extensively on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. We've hinted at. I think we've hinted yeah. that uh, EJ. Yeah, is one of our favourites. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's absolutely surprisingly so. I think you oh. go through many <clears throat> different phases in life. And I think if you'd have asked me in nineteen, I don't know, eighties, nineteen nineties, I'd have said absolutely not a chance. But no. uh, I think with, with age comes a little bit of wisdom. You look back and go, actually, he was a really decent. He still is. Yeah, I think sort of in the in the late nineties, I suddenly started to get Elton John. Um, but, Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, which is yeah. probably what we've mentioned on this, an album I bought you for yeah, your yeah, birthday you did, once, yeah, yeah. Uh, is an album that was often in our house, because it was one of my mum's favourites, and, yeah. and we, we would often be played um, a lot, and uh, good, great, great album, and it, yeah, it was only yeah, night, late 90s, early millennium when I suddenly realised If you start that, with that, that's great. If you start like I did yeah, with that sort of, you know, circle of life or I'm still standing I quite like the song. That's a good song. But I think just to come where it sat musically at the time mm. it wasn't my, my thing. But anyway this is this is my thing Rocky Man and this is a great song. I'm going to do this. Rocky Man there by Elton John. Officially titled Rocket Man Brackets, I think it's going to be a long, long time. Sorry, bracket. Never knew that. Didn't know. I didn't know that had brackets, in fairness. Might have slightly gone off it a bit. <laughs> we would like a bracket, though. We would discuss that I, before. I, I quite often I do like a bracket, but I think it's a bit pretentious in this one. He sings this song, I think, pretty much in every set he does. Obviously, he's, he plays all his greatest hits, but um, nowadays, there's Elton. If I'd written this song, I'd sing it every time I walked out the flipping door. I'd carry a piano down the road and play it. <laughs> 1972. So I think, so I heard a recent interview with him, he wrote um, uh, Tiny Dancer when he was 20. I think he was 70 then. So he's, he's only 22 now. That's, that's pretty good. Mm. Oh, they didn't write the lyrics? No, Bernie Topin, as we discussed Topin. in another episode, did. And then he was two years younger. So he wrote yeah. this when he was 20. And yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible to think what you were doing at 20 or 22. What are, doing, so, what are you doing at 2022? <laughs> writing some of the best pop songs ever written. What was I doing? Getting pissed. Well Fall, falling over in a student union bar. But, but who's got the better deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it him with all of his money? <laughs> or is it, it's or is him, it me <laughs> with what I've got? 
Featured in 1972 album Honky Chateau. Oh, bless you. Oh, thank you. Mm. Uh, it only got to number two in the UK. I'm surprised by that, actually. Number six in the US. I'm not surprised by that. Based on a, a short story by Ray Bradbury. Um, it does have echoes of the David Bowie song, Stokes Play the Song too. I do agree yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, good song. Interesting lyrics. I think this song is... Mars, sorry, Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. See, I always think this song is about being carefree and doing all the things that you do when you're when you're young, carefree, going out, drinking, clubbing, enjoying yourself, and then the the whole kind of sentiment is it? it you know, I'm, it's going to be a long, long time till I come yeah. back down to reality, and I'm not ready to move into that next part of my life. That's what it's always said to me. Um, I think anything to relate to space, you always think is to do with. Escapism, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, burning out the fuse here alone, I think it's going to be a long, long time. Ah. Is it a ballad? A lot of his songs are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. I think so, because I, um, I watched Greatest Albums recently, which is a good one I've been watching in terms of this podcast. Um, but great, Greatest Albums, they were talking about Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Mm. And Topin and uh, and EJ and uh, uh, the other two fellows. Uh, Topin was talking about the way that he wrote, and he wrote stories, and yeah. that's why they had things on Yellow Brick Road that were like kind of the the one about the Bonnie and Clyde sort of characters. Mm, okay. um, and he wrote these kind of yeah. stories, which would fit into it being a being a ballad, and then that yeah, fits yeah, yeah. quite well with Elton's uh, playing. I mean. It, God, talking about stumbling on your perfect partner. That's, yeah, it's quite that's quite big, isn't it? Yeah. Because <clears throat> um, it could have gone horribly wrong. Also, you could have. Who is it? Robert Williams ditched Guy Chambers, didn't he? After kind of like four or five big <laughs> hits, the biggest hits he had. Yeah. I thought he could do it with someone else. Yeah, yeah he did. It turns out I think it's actually back with him now. Um, he did get back with him. Yeah, they. they... But you've got to find your right partner. But he wrote Angels, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All, all of the early all stuff, that whole first, sort of stuff, first two yeah. albums, yeah. Um, and then, um, it's but Robbie, well, I mean, I quite like Robbie Williams, to be honest, but I think he, sometimes I felt, felt in the history of his career, he's believed his own hype. Of course he And not yeah. understood quite who he is. I think partly because he was starting the year, wasn't he? Not mentally, yeah. He wasn't mentally very well, was he? No. So I think he was kind of just doing what he thought... He but then I think, the, I think the split from Take That was a really good move for him. But then, um, because that was like, he, he wanted more and mm. they weren't prepared to give it to him. And he, he was worth more than that. But then yeah, suddenly yeah. he had success and he thought, what I, what I think is right. And then decided he was going to go it alone. And but he also did the, I want to be completely disassociated with Take That by doing, and dyeing yeah. my hair blonde and standing on the stage with... And, yeah, um, yeah, he did that. And well, and Glastonbury, Glastonbury, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he kind of lost a bit of credibility, didn't he? In fact, mm. I think no one won out of that. No. Um, well, maybe he did because then he got, got a new audience or... Well, actually, no, he did because he got loads of fucking coverage for it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and, and, and that's kind of part of the reason why he did it, I think. Yeah, and it kind of broke him away from that clean-cut image and... and yeah, like, that, those sorts of things I can understand because he's a young guy having fun and yeah. he wanted to be at the front of the band and yeah. they were never going to let him do that. <laughs> no, no, the fat dance at the no, side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when he, he kind of 
got matey with George Michael, didn't he? And he got matey with a few others, mm. and they kind of pushed him at the forefront. And he it, actually got matey with um, Elton John, didn't he? Because I think he yeah. helped him clean himself up. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is always the... Uh, that's always a sort of the sign of you know you've made it when you get, <laughs> you get your, Elton John comes here and clears, clears everything up for <laughs> yeah. you because you've had an absolute mess. I think that's what I quite like about Elton John is that you know he's lived a very long, <laughs> varied yeah. life and lifestyle. Um, but I think obviously I think that's what the film Rockingham's going to cover a lot of his his kind of misdemeanors in the early days when he was yeah. kind of getting into all sorts. And, uh, and he was married as well, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, clearly. It's I, but I always, I always think of that with Elton John. I think that's the fact that he was married is a massive comment on how bad society was at the time. Oh God, that yeah, you had, you had to, to hide pretend. behind yeah, yeah. a marriage yeah. to be homosexual, and I yeah, just yeah, think yeah. that's so that's so awful. And you you think there there must have been hundreds thousands of men yeah. who were having to do that and and when you think about the unfairness of how that's unfair on the man yeah. and the woman that they're married to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of I don't know it's just god I'm glad, <coughs> I'm glad I wasn't well some parts of the 70s I liked but <laughs> like the idea of but you know there's a, there's a there's large parts of that kind of whole life yeah. and the way the country was and the way that everyone was it's just, you just think Glad. And you can see why he developed a massive habit. Yeah. Because <laughs> just That's to cope with, cope with that, and cope with also the you got really big, didn't he? So, yeah. I mean, the story I quite like about the he, he, he sort of harks on about, I think he's quite, he feels quite bad about it, like, in terms of he didn't feel worthy of it. That when he got onto a, I think he was playing Madison Square Garden somewhere, in, you know, the big New York game. Right. And uh, I think John Lennon came and saw him, and John Lennon was completely starstruck and went and sort of like bowed down to him. I was like, oh wow, you're amazing. You know, and George like, <laughs> you're a Beatle for God's sake. Because <laughs> like, uh, it was one of the biggest things on the planet in the 70s, you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, nice. mid 70s, he was, he was as big as the Beatles. Yeah. And it was, well, the, on that um, greatest albums, what was quite interesting for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is that they had um, a number one with Benny and the Jets on what was called the Black Charts in America. Oh, wow, okay. And it was like, he was the first white guy ever to have a number one on the Black Chart. And then, like, they're talking about him and Topin are talking about it, obviously in different rooms, because I, I think still saw whatever's happened between <laughs> them. Or it certainly was in that, in that uh, when that thing was made. But they, yeah, they're going, they just couldn't believe it. Like, Topin's going, me, a bloke from... Lancashire, yeah. who's a farmer's son, is number one in the black charts with a song I've written, and then you've got Elton <laughs> <laughs> playing a piano, yeah. and yeah, just like very, uh, he it was very. They, they what they were doing was incredibly groundbreaking. Yeah, well, they crossed they crossed over, didn't they? Yeah. Quite, uh, uh, and yeah, and this song, this song, Rockman is a good song. Obviously, it's, 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 the, it's the name of the film. Um, not seen the film yet. No, I'm kind of. Not sure. I like to see it because I like Taron Egerton. I think he's a really good. Oh, by the way, Taron Egerton, as you discovered, yes, Jim, is not um, Joel Egerton's brother. So apologies there for Taron Egerton. So, and sorry, sorry <laughs> to all the Egertons out there, <laughs> and especially to Bacon and Egerton. <laughs> yeah. They're not related at all. Um, but yeah, they aren't. They aren't related. And who'd have uh, thought, thought Egerton? That's yeah. quite an unusual, it's an unusual name. I can, I can see why that would be the business. Yeah. Um, 
But no, I quite like Six. I like, I like him. He's, he's good. He's, he's certainly... A he's a good actor. I think Kingsman, I quite like him. Um, and he's good in... He's good vocally in the, the, the animation film Sin, where he sings actually the I'm Still Standing mm. Angel song. So uh, maybe that's why they chose him. Probably. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, possibly. Anyway. Um, yeah, sorry. The, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Else. Oh, yeah. The, and, well, the going and seeing of this biopic, it is certainly um, the modern biopic that I would go and see being as I won't go and see the other one ever in my life. I'm talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm going to say the other one being Bohem- Bo, Bo Rap. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't be bothered. I've heard so many things saying, it's all right, but you know what, I, I know the story. It's another, it's another one of those ones, I think, if you love Queen's music, I bet it's bloody marvellous. Uh, as is We Will Rock You. All the people that go and see We Will Rock You. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's I bet it's bloody wonderful if you like Queen's music. And Rami, Rami Malek's probably quite good at doing yeah. the Freddie Mercury impression. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. I can see it's really good. I've seen a few things online they sort of say, look, the, the editing's really bad. And they show this scene between the band. And it's just so many cross-cutting to different things. It's not, it doesn't look very well I I produced. saw a bit of it and it looked like that BBC documentary about the Monty Python mm. team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, like uh, it was, something else. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like it was shot in kind of that sort of mm. manner. So, But obviously, for me, with Bohemian Rhapsody, I don't like Queen's music. So well, I don't know. Okay. Unless, <laughs> unless Brian May wants to back this podcast, then I will listen to Queen forever. <laughs> Oh, we'll send that one out to Brian Ray. Or, or Roddy Taylor. Or, um, I think if you, if you delve deep into our archive, <laughs> anyway, we'll happily sell out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for a nice bucket for the BBC. For a nice bucket for, of the BBC. For, for vodka. Uh, Camden Pink, Meantime Palo. Which, oh, we'll get onto that in a minute. Oh, yeah, well, well why not? Let's get into it right now with... Okay. Booze talk, booze talk, what you drinking tonight? Okay, so there we go. Segwayed that in beautifully there. Excellent, I fancy. excellent. I fancy. Um... Yes, so Booze Talk is, we're back on the Camden Meantime Pale Ale. Um, back, well, we're, we're back, we're back, really in, off it, we're, we're back in our spiritual home, uh, the Art House Cinema. We're using the, um, the Mezzanine upstairs. Um, good album. And uh, I, don't, I quite like the way you say Mezzanine. Do you like it? <laughs> it's this little T, the T you've yeah, yeah, Mezzanine. Like I'd always say Mezzanine. Oh, I like Mezzanine. But then I say Christening, my wife says Christening. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Pronunciation. This, did she, talk about, did she talk about your prison name? <laughs> My middle name is Christopher. Christopher. <laughs> is your wife drunk? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, so we're back on the meantime. We're, as I said, back in our spiritual home, the art house cinema. They're, they're very good to us. They let us sit up here and talk gubbins for for an hour or so. Um, yeah, I do like a meantime pale ale, and uh, they've changed the packaging. They have. It slightly worried me because I, I did think a little bit it was like an apple pops. It's got like mm. a limey kind of like mm. uh, quite bold, big uh, yeah. um, sort of uh, But it's, it's all right. If I'm honest, I like the beer, but the new packaging looks like it's been designed by a year 11 student doing tech. Is it better than the old one? Which <clears> had a kind of the Lego with a kind of like little kind of oh. thing around it. I don't know. That looked a little bit. I think they're struggling with their. They're, they're trying not to. Brand, they're they're, they're not trying, trying to be. They're trying to be oh, too modern. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to make a beer modern, and don't think it's working for them. That's fine. Is that, that. going to stop me drinking it? Is it buggery? 
Oh, there's not much else. And, and so, quite frankly, they probably don't give a damn. Alistair Hook, as it says, as founder, probably doesn't give a toss whether okay. <laughs> really give a shot, could he? Um, but I've been off the beer a little bit lately, Jim. Have you? Yeah, yeah, we're at a little pitch down my dear not, readers. I was. Uh, you're not dying, are you? Trying, yeah, yeah. This is the, so this is the swan song. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was, I, was, I was keeping a bit healthy, training for the marathon, so I didn't really have a huge amount of. Of course. Intake of the of the old beverages beer. So, uh, God, boring. What, not, <laughs> not, not running 26 miles? 26 miles is boring. <laughs> it's tiring. I did it in Manchester. i tell you what I would like to say to the Manchester folk. Good good choice of music, obviously. We, yeah. we did hear all of Manchester's music when I was going around various sort of stations and speakers outside. <laughs> well, we were quite near the A something, whatever. Uh, no, lots of, there's lots of... Um, Sounds just some blasting out the stone roses, obviously. And how did you manage to take that as well? But how did you manage to listen to any music when surely you're listening <laughs> to any runner's finest companion, <laughs> Five Better Podcast, <laughs> which uh, makes it, I'm sure that added about, it took 10 minutes off your time. It, um, I was running trying to get away from my own voice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about mile 23, I was hearing my own voice, probably going, get, sit down, enough. And at mile 22, you heard my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was it. Okay. You're rubbish. Boo. Um, but yeah, so good, good choice of music, Manchester. Um, but no, no, thankfully, you know, I'm back on the boot. Uh, no, happy days. There you go, meantime. Um, Dead Pony Club's my, my latest, well, I think I mentioned that before. I yeah, like Dead Pony Club, that's quite nice and easy yeah. to drink. Um, Do you know what? My, um, my wife being pregnant, uh, has started drinking the nanny steak. She, uh, one of her cravings ah, okay. is ale. Right. And she zero, really likes Is that 0%? Or is it 0.5. I had the other day Erdinger. Okay, so it's not quite an ale. It's yeah, a it's large a, yeah. Um So I drank a few of those when I was out. Well, not massively out recently, but trying to keep healthy. That, the Heineken one, yeah. it's all right. Beer and Moretti, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm going to say, if you're going to have your no alcohol, the Moretti wins it for me, I think. Well, I've also been drinking a non a non alcoholic gin oh. for a gin and tonic because uh, I've tried to support my wife in her inability to. Well, she doesn't drink much anyway, but just uh, like uh, she was fancying a gin and tonic, and I saw this one. It was, uh, I can't remember the name. I'll find it for the next podcast. But it was it. I drank it, and it was like drinking a gin and tonic. So okay. I was dead happy with that. Cool. Just without getting what was it called? It was called. Might be gin. <laughs> could be gin. Not sure. Could be. Ginish. Could have, could have, could have, Let's do it. Right. I think I'm going to roll for you, Jim. Okay. Are good. you ready? Here roll, we go. Roll for me. Okay. Here we go. I've got the dice. Uh, oh, number one. Number one. Number one. Okay. Number, number one. one. Well, this is a song uh, that is uh, obviously have we done the theme we haven't done the theme have we well I suppose we're looking at songs that are featured in a biopic but not necessarily music no, biopic yes not necessarily a music biopic um, yeah it's most of mine are yeah go on but it could be any biopic uh, we had an argument before because I was saying maybe something from uh, uh, Goodfellas or something like that is a, is a biopic biopic of Henry Hill yeah, the, the yeah. gangster and but then I looked at the songs and I didn't think any of them were better than Rocket Man, so <laughs> dumped that idea fairly quickly. Okay, <clears throat> so my first song is, um, I should have done this one a, a few weeks ago when we did the, uh, the Strong Female. Oh, uh, what was it? I think this is a, um, 
five strong female punk band from the 70s. It is Cherry Bomb by the Runaways. Okay, the Runaways, uh, 70s punk band, all female punk band. Um, in it, you've got uh, Lita Ford, Sandy West, Jackie Fox, Cherry Curie, and obviously Joan Jett, who later went on to do Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Um, five very talented ladies. And what I, what I love about this song is uh, it's just really angry punk. It's really, it's like everything that punk should be. I'm angry at my mum and dad. I'm angry at everybody. Just, you know, like, hello mum, hello dad, I'm your cherry bomb. That's what a cherry bomb is. Uh, it's, is it allude to what it is? Well, they like sort of uh, like little tweets. Now, if you watch um, uh, Stand By Me, yeah, right, the, you know when they shoot the gun? Yeah. And they uh, there's a thing he says, like, we'll claim we were throwing some cherry bombs or something. I think they're like uh, French bangers. Okay, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's you know, those kind of yeah. snap. But, like, then you remember the French bangers you spring back from French exchange that were like, make a big bang. And they were, I, I think it's that sort of thing, a cherry bomb. Uh, we'll look it up for a, in a minute and, and find out. But with, um, yeah, they. <laughs> They, they weren't around for ages, the 75 to 79, um, okay. California yeah, yeah. punk scene, um, and uh, yeah, just, uh, the film is The Runaways, which has got Defo uh, Dakota Fanning as uh, um, Cherry Curie and uh, Kristen Stewart. What, when was the film out? Um, uh, it's quite recent. Jane Jett, sorry, Kristen Stewart was yeah. Jane Jett. Uh, it's, it's fairly recent. Um, it is, sorry, let's film, here we go, 2010. Oh, okay, fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's all right, that's quite a, uh, the cast, actually. I like yeah. Dakota Fanning. And yeah, no, Street. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and with the soundtrack for the film, they did a lot of the songs. They actually sang See, I'm, I'm a fan around. of that. When you actually yeah. kind of get involved, I believe Elton John's, uh, Taron Egerton is, does sing a lot, yeah. a lot of the, uh, or some of the songs. Um, so, yeah, uh, I knew this song. This is a song that I sort of heard mm. and knew, but re what really brought its prominence for me is it's on the soundtrack of Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's like in a it's it's a brilliant song for a fight scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just got everything to it's that uh, her the way that she sings the lyrics that kind of kind of adds to the drum beat. Um, the guitaring and Joan Jett's a really good guitarist mm. anyway uh, and the, the, like just the attack that the whole song has uh, attack something I mention quite a lot when we talk yeah, about yeah, that, but it's mean, something yeah. I really like in a song for this song particularly you sort of yeah. get it down or punk in general yeah. get it down. And, and songs that have that real kind of attack in them uh, is uh, yeah uh, right up there for me so there we go um, it's the, a good song actually isn't it it's yeah. a good song it reminds, reminds me a little bit of I used to like a band called L7. Do you remember L7? They played the word famously, uh, early 90s, around a sort of grunge era, which is why I was quite big into them. One of the first bands I saw, actually, in the Northampton Irish Centre, about 1991-ish, around there. And they had a song called Pretend We're Dead, 92, I think it was. Um, uh, really good song. Four females, obviously, 
quite outrageous club, quite, if you want to, in terms of attack, they were very much like sort of, you know, they spit on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was quite, I'm quite believed in. Also, when they played the word, and she famously, I think it was Denita Sparks, the bass player, I think it was her, um, the name, she did pull down her pants and... I do remember full, that. Full on, uh, I did, I full on shot of the, of the front. I didn't remember who they were, <laughs> the front but I do remember that very famous. Uh, and she also famously as well pulled out a, uh, a tampon, or something, or a tampon. Yeah, So they're quite wild. They've also recently yeah. just sort of reformed again, I think, actually, after sort of a 20, 30 year absence or whatever it is. Um, and she's going to get the pump out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hope, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I used to love that. I used to love that album, that whole album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that. I suppose it is that kind of. It is. It's that. There's that, something about nice energy. You know what, with it, with the Runaways, they never they they weren't massive in the states or the UK, but they really made it in Japan, mm. and that there's something about female punk that I think is really popular in Japan. Remember that duo shampoo that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were like massive in yeah. Japan. They had mo- but Japan, Japan is quite, they latch onto quite a lot, a lot of yeah. general pop things as well. They're quite like West Ham, yeah. quite big there. But they, um, they, but they do focus that, on they, that. They love of. that female mm. um, punk kind of thing. And it, it's it's something that's quite big in like the manga cartoons as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the drawings of the yeah. females with the kind of shock hair going down across their face. There's a band called Shown a Knife. Yeah. Uh, again, same sort of era, mid nineties probably. I think they were sort of yeah, Japanese, no kind of punk band. Yeah. Girls. Um, yeah. Is it better? Is it better? That's the that's the mm. issue. That's the, I like that's the song. It's a good song. It's a really good song. It's a good song. It's, is it? It's probably not as well. It's not musically as better. I'd say. Um, no, but then sometimes I think do things have to be. No, they don't have like to be like better. No, no, I'm just making yeah, making a point that it's not musically probably better. DJ, are you going to be musically bad? I mean, he's a very talented pianist. I've not seen a film. I don't know about the film. I've not seen the film. Um. I, I don't know. I've, I've got it because sure. I really like this. I do really like it as a song. But I love it. Man. Yeah, I don't think it is better. I think it's a really good song. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you put that song against a lot of other songs. Yeah, definitely. I think you would. No, you would be, right be up against it. Also, it's, it's quite incredible. It's, it's 1985, is it? Yeah. So it's not long after Rocket League. And also, like, if I was uh, a musician and I had one song that was my big song, yeah. I wouldn't mind it being that one. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know Jane Jett. Yeah. Loved rock and roll. She was one of the first uh, records I bought, you know, Jane Jett and the Black Heart, the yeah. seven inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still got it at home, yeah. I was quite super impressed with her. <laughs> I, I was very impressed I've with her, Joan. <laughs> every day. I had that and status quo, and that's, that was my rock knowledge. <laughs> Did, I was like have, I ever, have I ever told you my status quo story? No, go on. I'm not a massive fan of status quo. I no. like them, and I understand them, and I, I find them funny, and I yeah, like yeah, yeah. the whole thing with them. I love Rossi and Parfit yeah. and the other brand. But the... Um, People I grew up with or knew loved steaks all the time. 12, 12 gold bars, we were playing blah blah blah, this, that, and the other. And then I, and they would always go to me, oh, let's listen to status quo. I was like, no, I don't like them, don't like them. And the reason I don't like them is because there was a status quo song, and I think it was The Wanderer, 
was playing on something like number 73 on Saturday yeah, morning yeah. television and I was dancing around the lounge to it and I stubbed my toe <laughs> <laughs> really bad it really hurt <laughs> and I couldn't listen to status quo after that it brought back too many painful memories well I, we were chatting my wife and I about, about, about my status quo about number 73 mm. Sandy Toxvick odd we got we got yeah. we, knew, we knew her name obviously she, that's why I first Harry, recognised Harry her Harry was the bloke Gaz Top was he in it no, um, no. It, it was Harry. It was a very bl- it was, he had a kind of blonde mullet. And he was oh, so Harry. I thought I mean Gaz Top. Gaz Top did uh, no. Gaz Top did something else with the alien. Um, get that... smart. No, get stuff. No, uh, <laughs> you get stuff. Gilbert the Australian. Gilbert the Australian. Gilbert the uh, alien. Who's oh. on it? So I researched that. With anyway, so, uh, so we were talking about that. Guys. <laughs> we were all chatting. So number twenty-three. I was like. That's a bit old, wasn't it? We said, yeah, it's a really weird cast. We couldn't, we couldn't quite get the premise. It was a house, number 23. Couldn't work out why she was there, Sandy. Was it her house? And she was it the was grumpy her one. house, yeah. Yeah, she was the grumpy one. And the lady on the skates, um, which wasn't Kate Cop... Kate Cop... 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 Bless you. Cop, I can't remember her name. Cop sick? I think it was being It wasn't her. Um, get Fresh. Get Fresh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you saw Status Quo play there and they used to And they used to that's why you wait to hear me. State is very. Uh, and it's one nil to EJ. He'll be happy with that. Yeah. You gonna roll for me? Top bends. Right, I'm gonna roll for you. Here we go. I'm rolling. I'm shaking. Ooh. Number three. Right. Oh, this is a good one. Now I've. Um... Okay, this is a good song. It's from the film uh, imaginatively called The Doors. Uh, guess the band. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and it was uh, Oliver Stone's uh, 901 classic featuring Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison and this song I've chosen from that film is When the Music's Over When the music's over Turn up the lights Turn up the lights Okay, confession time I quite like The Doors still after 42 years of being on the earth um when the music over, 1967, from the Strange Days album. Um, I think one of the albums, probably that was one of the first albums of my musical awakening that I kind of got into was, was that album, yeah. By the Doors. Um, I think everyone, and I think that's the problem with it, and I say that kind of like in a, as I said, I still I still quite like them. I think everyone kind of likes them when they're sort of teenagers and students, yeah. and you go through your Doors phase, and it's kind of that is everyone does that. It's a yeah. lot of rites of passage. You go, yeah, you listen to Doors, smoke spliff and you kind of enjoy the music and, uh, and then you kind of grow out of it because actually you come, to, you come to realise Jim Morrison is a complete twat mm. um, no doubt he is but actually this song is brilliant and this, this song I think sort of showcases everything good about the Doors which I quite liked right. um, good musicianship I love the fact that they're really competent musicians uh, Ray Manzarek the keyboard player yeah. is kind of jazz influenced Robbie Creed the guitar player similarly I think John Densmore the drummer um, sort of knows perfectly where to, he's not like a rock drummer. Mm. He just hits the drums exactly where should, things should be. It doesn't really, it doesn't kind of like deep purple, it doesn't kind of bash yeah, his way yeah, through yeah. the song. Um, and they all know how to really ramp up kind of the intensity. I think this song's quite dark. Um, I mean, they've got songs like The End, which is mm. quite sinister, it's kind of like content matter. This, this song though, I just quite like it, it's because um, it goes on for over 10 minutes. And if you've heard the, if you've seen the live, if you've seen the live version of it, there's quite a few live versions of it. I used to watch one, the black and white version. I used to watch 
I think there's one recently on there, Holly Hollow Bowl from 1968. I think it's quite a famous one which got remastered recently, about seven, eight years ago. And, uh, and they've properly wig out. It also showcases Jim Morrison's kind of nice, um, his sort of showmanship as well. Because like I said, he is a bit of a gear. He is. Um, and he, he does, he does the poeticness of his kind of delivery really well in this. I think sometimes he can, at other songs, he kind of goes on. And I think that the issue with Jim Morrison is that people find him really pretentious. That's exactly the word <laughs> I was just saying. But to I think say. this, this song, if you watch the, if you watch the, and then you go back to that, the video of 1968, the whole wherever it is, um, he's kind of like almost a bit tongue in cheek when he does it. And you, you, for the, I think for the first time, you sort of see him smile and kind of enjoy himself. But normally he puts that sort of moody face on. And, yeah. Um, I think and it's a great, it's a bit, very quick to finish. This, the structure of it, I like the song, kind of goes into different parts. They kind of brought a lot of nice little breakdown where he sort of talks about the house of redemption. It builds up, and then you have the kind of the craziness of uh, the band kind of wigging out, I suppose, what I'd say, without being kind of too corny. But um, it's a really good. So, it really, and certainly the attack. I mean, they attack it differently. They're not kind of punk attack. No. But they just completely, they get kind of how to really manipulate songs and find But that's going to come from jazz influence, isn't it? Oh, totally. They know yeah, when yeah, yeah. To, um, uh, to, to do it. To um, the song also, so it's just so structurally, I think it's quite interesting. I just like the little hooks they've got, just little riffs, which is why he sort of plays over and over again. Sort of keyboard, the guitar sound, the little lead guitar sound, the drumming, sort of just a bit of syncopation. And, um, and yeah, it's one of those songs which I don't get, get bored to listen to. I really don't. You know, and 10 minutes is a long time in music, if you can't, if it's a song yeah. but the song's just repeating itself, verse, chorus, <clears throat> verse, chorus. There's enough going on with this. And I, I just love watching the four of them playing. I, and I think what's good about this song, well, the film, is I think Val Kilmer was excellent with Jim Morrison. Mm. I think he sort of, I think apparently he learned over 50 songs of the back catalogue, of which I think 50 only appear in the actual movie. And I think they said that he, they struggled to find out which songs, the, the yeah, original Doors man was there. They, wasn't they, sure which ones he was singing yeah, with Jim Morrison. Yeah, they said he really, he, he really did. It sort of embodied it yeah. quite well. Um, I think, like, Jim Morrison, as much as he's not, He's got a really good voice. Mm. He's and he. What I like about the Doors, what for me keeps the longevity is the fact that they're. Like you're saying with the, the, jazz musicians kind of they, they you know they came from jazz yeah, backgrounds yeah. and things like that. I think all the way through there. There's so much difference between all of them that works mm. together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they definitely, it, yeah. They all weirdly complement yeah, each other. That's, and that that's what gives it its longevity. There's lots to. It's like you're saying with this one. There's lots to listen to. There's, um, you know, the, there's different facets of the music mm. to be able to to latch onto, and that often. Also, I don't. In fact, <clears> it was kind of like 1967. That's mm. the Beatles era. Pet Sounds. There's loads. There's, Pretty good music year that yeah. was 97, but I think it's, um, I don't know, I don't know, kind of quite sounded just like them. You know, yeah. they kind of fell into that psychedelic rock kind of umbrella, but actually they weren't kind of the birds and kind of turn, 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 or kind of that sort of uh, hippie kind of like, yeah, yeah. They, they were quite like really pissed off, drunk, acid kind of music. It's, really, it's funny you should say the birds because, like, on my daily playlist into work uh, turn is on the is on the playlist and it's very uh, it's a real hippie tune it is it's it? very Woodstock isn't it whereas yeah. I think these guys probably would Woodstock <laughs> Woodstock Woodstock and also I was like he was, you know he was, an, he was an idiot as a front man but actually he was great for that 
Yeah, but he's very unpredictable. He'd you know, walk into the crowd. He'd, yeah. he'd be off his nut. I mean, he'd be under tables prior to the gig, not wait, not asleep. And all these things were kind of part of a sort of the mystique. And he joined the Twenty Seven Club, didn't he? Um, yes. Cupped it in a, ba- in a bath, so in Paris. Uh, and, uh, I went which, to go, which means he died, not shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to I did the uh, I did the typical Paris oh trip. you've done the great Père Lachaise Père Lachaise it's funny we, we went there this is like 10 years ago and uh, it, obviously it's got cans around it bit wine bottles you know spliff sort of left on it yeah, yeah. and uh, we went there some guy there who was just looking very very sort of wistful long hair I think he might have done the sort of sign of the cross I think he was sort of put hand, one hand was on the grave and yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a twat <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Come on, mate. He's dead, but you know. Should we go to Jim Morris's grades over there, mate? <laughs> yeah, get your hand. That's, uh, that's Oscar Wilde. Get off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I, mean, I like the song. I think it's great. Um, Pearl Shay, wasn't he in Pearl... uh, Heidi High? <laughs> <laughs> Pearl Muckshay. Pearl Muckshay, right. Uh, what do you think, Jim? Better? Um, it's, a t- it's a close one. I, do you know what? I'm going to go a bit left field here. I'm going to say yes. Ooh. I'm going to say yes, it is a better song. Okay. And I'm going to th- the reason I'm going to say that is because as much as, for everything I love Rocket Man for, it's kind of rambling ballad type. Uh, it's, it's kind of, with, as with Elton John, it's always that kind of rolling hills, isn't mm. it? You know, it's very much uh, the, the way that he plays piano. It rolls beautifully around. It's, it's lovely. But cool. Right. I am with this. I'm going to go with the edginess. I'm going to go with the, um, the 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 skill of the musicians and the fact that I do like this song as well. So yeah, well done. Cool, one one. Let's give it a go now to for you, Jim. And I'll roll for you. And it is number five. Number five. Okay. Well, I I've got to say I think this is going to be two one to us. Because I think this is... Well, let's have a listen. This This is the greatest song ever written. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, from the movie, Elvis the Movie. I'm going to go with Burning Love by Elvis Presley. The, bit, the big hitters you mentioned the, would never yeah. didn't haven't really surfaced, but Elvis is one of them, isn't it? Yeah, Elvis is, yeah. is one of my favourites. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I have a pair of sideburns that I've had since I was thirteen because of Elvis Presley. Um, and this song, I, this song, I, probably, I would say I came to this song quite late, really, uh, as one of his. But this, uh, this is just got this is just perfection in a song for me. Um, it, it's it's classic rock and roll. It's um, well, no, that's a lie. It's not classic rock and roll. It's rock and roll, but it's that seventies rock and roll where they use the where the, the keyboard takes over from the guitar, so the piano takes over from the guitar. It really hits with this gospel um, background with this as well. Um, it kind of it, it was a really it was a really big hit for him at the time, um, and uh, I, yeah, just everything about it. it like the whole sentiment behind it, I love the arrogance through the song. Uh, 
and when you get to the end, <laughs> I'm a hunk of a hunk of a hunk of a hunk You know, there's, there's a real arrogance to it. There's a real, I'm, I'm up for it. I mean, I'm just, I'm a love machine. That's quite um, a 70s word, isn't it? Hulk. Yeah. A hunk, he's a hunk. You know, he's, he's a hunk of burning love. And, you know, that whole uh, cool and, cool and response yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, at the end, uh, when it just kind of finishes. Uh, Go on, that's what I do. You do it, I'll respond. Okay. I'm a hunk of hunk of burning love. Woo! A hunk of hunk of burning love. Woo! You get the idea. There you go. It repeats a phase um, with that. So yeah, uh, I, I, you know, you know, I love Elvis, and Elvis for me is the greatest musician. It is. Um, <laughs> it's a great song. I, I, I can't. I think one of the things my ever last one of my favourite memories of, or one of the everlasting memories I will always have at university is this song. Uh, being played, but also I think because it featured in the Far Show mm. episode, didn't it? With Ted and Ralph, is that correct? Yes. Singing it as an L, as a it's karaoke, the one, wasn't the, it? Yeah, the it's end. the one where um, Ted's wife dies. <laughs> That's the aubergine Ted, episode. Aubergine, <laughs> your tomato <laughs> wife, cauliflower has <laughs> potato died, and then it's at the wake at the end, it is. and they, they've all done this. The, the at the uh, at the funeral they do he s- s- does you were always on my mind yeah and everyone's somber in the thing and you think everyone's hating what's going on he finishes it he goes you were always on my mind and he stops and everyone goes you were always on my mind joins in at the end and then it's at the wake at the end he uh, Ralph is pissed on the stage sit, doing <laughs> hands in the air I'm going to burn in love um it's not originally by Elvis. Oh, is it not? No, uh, originally by uh, uh, written by a guy called Dennis Lind, um, okay. and recorded country soul uh, by country soul artist Arthur Alexander, who included it on his self-styled album. But Elvis had a major hit with it. Yeah. It was his biggest hit since Suspicious Minds. And 1972, yeah. the year that uh, Rocketman came out, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is it typically Elvis, this? It's Could you say it's one of his kind of like his big... If you looked at Elvis's back catalogue, you'd see this would be one of the first four or five um, after Blue Suede. See, that's what another thing I love about love this. Is I don't think it... I, think, I don't think he it gets doesn't the seem credit quite, it deserves. It's, a bit obs- it's not obscure, but it doesn't seem to be the one... It doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's not it's on the great, first side great, of the great great greatest hits, no. is it? it? In fact, it was on his uh, Second to None album because right. it, was, uh, it wasn't on his... You know, the 50 number ones, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, gold, yeah. the gold album. This is the silver, the Second to None. Um, and it's on there, and I, I think it. I do, I just think it's better than a lot of his other songs. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I like it's, it. It's, it's he's moved away from his guitar. Yeah. Early days, the jailhouse rock, yeah. the hassle run, mama, all of that sort of stuff. And he's coming to the. I mean, when he got into the playing the piano in his live shows yeah. in Vegas, there's brilliant footage of some of his last live shows where he's massive. He's like this massive fat bloke, and he does a cover of um, uh, Righteous Brothers, Unchained Miller. Right, okay. And he's, he's singing that, sweating, shaking, like jowls wobbling as he sings. And he keeps taking a handkerchief and mopping his brow oh, down good. while he's going. And it's just, it's like, you know, it just makes you love him even more. It's got also, it's got an essence of Chaz and Daddy. A little bit kind of like, it's just supposed yeah, to be But, but that's where they came here, yeah, that's yeah. where they would have. That's what they... Yeah, no, no, I don't mean it's bad. It's a great... 
it's yeah, a great kind exactly of feel to it. It's that, boot, it's that gospel yeah, and boot, you yeah. know, yeah. piano in the, in yeah, the background. Yeah, walking bass. Yeah. 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 Um, um, oh, is it better song than Rocky Man? Do you know what I'm going to say? And you did say at the beginning, you, yeah, preempted it. It's a two-one, definitely for for us. Um, it makes me happy this song. For that reason, I'm going to say it is better than Rocket Man. Oh, it's, well, yeah. <laughs> I've not seen the film, be, of which you is well. It's, the, it's, the, the film, features. just briefly, because we've got 30 seconds, maybe to talk about the film. Uh, brilliant credentials is John Carpenter film who I love we've yeah, talked yeah, about John Carpenter yeah, here before I can only ever watch about three of his movies because I can't watch horror movies so uh, this is one of them and um, uh, Escape, Escape from New yeah. York is the other one and it was a collaboration with the mighty Kurt Russell again Kurt Russell playing Elvis so you know, it's, that's pretty good I tell you what if you've got a Saturday afternoon free <laughs> <laughs> Elvis the movie with Russell Kane. <laughs> Not Russell Kane. Russell Kane. <laughs> uh, cool, there you go. That's 2-1. That's two good. One. Okay, good. I'm feeling, feeling good now. I feel like we're really... You're doing the robot. <laughs> well, happy I'm, I just slid across my knees. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good. We're, well, we're sticking it to Elton and Bernie there. That You know, it's a little bit of two-on-two two and we're stuck oh, a couple yeah. in the old onion bag. Top bins. Top uh, right, okay, I'm going to roll for you. Go on. I haven't sung the song yet. Go on. Roll for you. Roll for you. Roll for you. Roll for you. Rolling love. Okay, here we go. Rolling it. And uh, it is a six. Number six. Consult the, uh, the research. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got... Oh! Yeah, can I just say, if you're listening... He's trying to make it sound like he hasn't done research with that, I think, when actually he's oh, got so this seven is, this sheets is, This is paper. research. He's got seven sheets printed from Wikipedia. <laughs> seven sheets to the wind. All of it I will refer to none. Um, and that's about as good English as, as I am pronouncing this song, which is called No, Je ne regrette rien. Yeah, this is featuring from the, uh, the film La Vie en Rose, one of the 2000, well, the 2007 film, um, and it features the Oscar winner, uh, Marion uh, Cotillard, I believe. Uh, Cotillard. Cotillard, sorry, um, playing the title role of Edith Pia. Um, cracking film. I like biopics when you sort of see everything. I suppose that's what Rocky Man may be. Steady. Did that come from your image of the girl band in the word? Well, uh, <laughs> I think it's all wrong too much then. Uh, this is the warts and all biography of Edith Piaf when um, actually it just, it just follows her life from, you know, from birth to death. Um, and I didn't know much about Edith Piaf really but when I was younger, this is very this is a true true story now, come out. Um, a friend of mine was working on a West End show called Piaf, featuring right. Elaine Page, playing the title role. And um, a friend of my dad, I mean, she said, Oh, we need some help backstage. She knew I was into theatre, sort of 14, 15. She said, Do you want your fans to come and help? And I was like, Yeah, of course I do, yeah, great. 
Uh, so I actually opened the curtain up for Edith Piaf, a.k.a. Alain Page. <laughs> so this again, going back to the uh, girl band that you saw opening the curtain. <laughs> a different kind of curtain for you, Fair enough. You're, you're keeping it very smutty today. I, I, I am. You've got a bit cocky. You've got cocky with Elvis. And so that, I don't know, the, the, stage, the stage show tells the story of her. And the story of Edith Piaf, you know, is great. And we all know her for probably for Le Vion Rose, the song. It's quite triumphant. Mm. Um, quite sort of, it's very, it's very sort of 1940s sort of French feel to it. She's got a great singing voice. Um, she's one of the people I think her, she's great at what she does, but I think the story, the sort of mythical story, or just the story behind who she is and what, how she sort of coped with life, yeah. how she dealt with kind of like growing up in sort of a brothel and loved people dying left, right and centre and she kind of lost, went blind for about five years when she was young and, um, and they end up kind of destitute and alcoholic and kind of died of liver cancer, sort of age 47. Um, I quite like those kind of tragic stories. Um, this song, though, this song features at the end of the film. Right. And is it kind of, and I think I'm going to put it, put it to you, is this up there with kind of Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way? As in, no, I regret nothing. I'm no, going to do, do, live my life the way I want to live. Hundred percent. This is this is. I don't regret anything. So I've, I've laughed a couple of times when you, even when you throw the tragedies in that in that because I thought you were being getting kind. No, no. Well, it just made me because I was introduced. It was when you said that she went blind. She went blind for five years because I was introduced to this song probably really when it was featured on a Specsavers advert. Oh, God. <laughs> I do hope that wasn't done deliberately. Yeah, uh, well, I kind of hope it was now. Did I they have the foresight? Um, um, but yeah, it's... Uh, no, I, I think it is. I, I love the sentiment behind it. It's a great... It's very wild, quite like about it. In fact, in fact, very similar. There's a couple of similarities I'm going to link this to the door song. Um, that the opening has that kind of... Which is what kind of... Um, that kind of nice sort of like... Um, staccato kind of beginning. Which is what yeah, kind yeah. Of like, when the music over has that kind of the key opening keyboard it kind of starts off quite kind of jolly but then it kind of goes um, I think well I don't say it's, it's not more than the song it's, no. kind of, it's quite uplifting no I was going to um, say I, I don't think it is I think it's she but I, but I think knowing how she is the way, and how she's dealt with the way, life, the way that she her, sings it the way that she sings it in that I regret nothing mm. it's unapologetic yeah no nothing she's at not all. apologising for anything she yeah. doesn't feel like I, yeah I, I agree with you on the on the my way thing it's like I just okay shit happened I yeah. don't regret it and I'm not going to apologise for it and that is and luckily I went to Specsavers and now, <laughs> now I can see I can see perfectly no nothing at all no I got nothing not the good things they did to me not the bad nor the bad may as well be the same to me no nothing at all no I regret nothing I mean that's yeah. kind of a good matter for life um, it's another one that, uh, like, I, uh, I texted you recently with uh, some uh, Jack Brule lyrics, mm. um, which uh, Jack Brule did the um, uh, Jackie song that was covered by yeah. um, Scott Walker, who we're going to mention yeah, in, uh, second, yeah. in a second after this song. So, uh, and I, I, do, I do like that with French songs. I, I like the kind of. There's, there's sort of stuff the, 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 there's that kind of French attitude in there that it's like I don't I just, well they don't give a start they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't. they? hence the lot of, 
And I think, Incredible amount of striking <laughs> they do. Exactly. And I don't, they don't and I, put up with any old shite. And I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that's. I'm not thinking of that as a negative. I think that's a massive mm. positive. I think there's a. I, I love that French attitude. I like this whole era of that kind of 1950s kind of mm. French uh, France and uh, you know if you go to Paris for example it's, it, all the streets are pretty much the same as they were then it's yeah. the, kind of, the kind of cobbledy streets kind of wine smoky atmosphere you can imagine her and she did sort of sing in these clubs mm. going out with kind of these quite serious kind of gangsters I think the guy she married was, was champion when she first started kind of got murdered by other mobsters and she was involved in all sorts of she doesn't regret it though. She doesn't regret a thing. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a great old, it's an old song, 1950. And again, she didn't write it. Charles Dumont, though it's by Michael Bouquet. Um, <laughs> anyone French listening, I apologise <laughs> for the poor pronunciation of everything French. What are you talking about? <laughs> What I like about the uh, my notes here is that it says "non je ne regrette rien." It says in brackets French pronunciation, and then afterwards it has some sort of probably Russian writing. The French pronunciation is that, or no? No, there's that special phonetic vocabulary, isn't there, or something? Yeah, you can't pronounce the French. I can't. I can't. I can barely pronounce the English version of it. Oh, in fact, she's called Little Sparrow. Um, yes. I, I, I think she's got a brilliant voice. She has got a brilliant voice. It's that kind of real nasal... Like, yeah, um, yeah. She's a, and she, was a, she was a little four. I mean, she was little, against the name, but Little Sparrow. But she was a, she was quite magnificent and, and huge in her ego and in her life. Um, and the second link, and I will end on this, well, I like it, quite like it, links to the first song that I chose, the Jim Morrison uh, song, is she also is buried in Pelache. In France, oh, well. for so you know, this is very French themed, and with, for, for and with Notre Dame, basically, have a recently about France, didn't you? This Detroit. is my homage. To your, France. your research for this was to go to Paris, <laughs> go straight to go to the Paris cemetery, smoke some jetines, <laughs> drink some red wine. And, uh, I can think of worse ways. Yeah, my day. So, what do you reckon, Jim? Is it is it better than Rocky Man? It's an older song, it's a different style of song. It's you know like, what, guy? I've had a lovely day, but and the sun's out. Yeah. The sun is shining. The birds are singing in the trees. Oh. And I do love all things French, so I'm going to say yes. Oh, brilliant! I didn't think I would, but I'm going to That's say good. yes. That's good. That's good. I, I didn't think I was going to. I didn't think we were going to do as well because, I, like, I will disagree with everything I've said if Elton John backs his podcast. <laughs> but. Um, uh, yeah, everything we said before. Love Rocket Man. Love Rocket Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Love Bernie Topin. Stream one. Stream one to us. I think this is good, yeah. It's got, a, it's, got, good. it's got to try and clock back. Okay, here we go. Okay, Jim, we're going to roll for you, and we've got number one. Is that number one? Oh, you've got. Uh, no, you I have no one. Have you got one? I'm rolling again for my short. Go on Six. Six. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Number six is a uh, really good one. Uh, this is one of my karaoke classics. Um, the bespectacled genius that is uh, Buddy Holly and Peggy Sue. Okay. Buddy Holly, Peggy 
Busey from the Buddy Holly biopic. Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey. Yes. Um, which way are you looking, Gary? He should have gone to spectators, <laughs> I think. Uh, completely barking. Uh, but yeah, Buddy, um, re- I just really like Buddy Holly. Uh, I love the simplicity of his records. I think when he died, we were robbed someone who would have been uh, enormous. I think it's a massive influence on everybody. Um, who came afterwards? He was, he was an influence on Elvis. He was an influence on, uh, you know, the Stones, the Beatles, the uh, even in the way that he sings, the the, the the stutters, the those sorts of things that he was putting in. I think were um, genius. I, I love this. I love the bit in the middle where he's really. You talked about staccato, but his yeah, voice yeah, yeah. is staccato with the pretty, 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 and he really it's almost stumbled his way through. I love the fact that the drums. Are probably done on a cardboard box by a bloke in the back <laughs> of the studio. Uh, there's, you know, there's. It's very simplistic and uh, just um, a, a, a brilliant song. Again, talking of attack, and this has a massive attack. Massive attack, man. It does, yes. Uh, <laughs> the, but, the, but the drumming on it, that really kind of belts it out and, and pushes it, uh, drives the song on. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything I say. I agree with all that. I mean, I like Buddy Holly. Um, one of the ones I always kind of go back to and listen to mm. and go, yeah, it's really good. You're right, though. What a, what a waste. You know, I don't know how old he was when he died. He was fairly, fairly young, I'd say. Um, uh, he was certainly in his 20s, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was. And he, he looked he was... most unlike a rock star, didn't he? Yeah. He really did, and didn't he? He had those glasses someone... and the sort of curly, sort of slightly curly ish kind of uh, black hair. Didn't really look. Kind of like a rock and roller, did he? No. And you can argue he's not a rock and roller. He's just a very kind of like a. I don't know. Is he a pop singer? Could you call him a pop singer? I know he's synonymous with rock, rock and roll, but he's not. He doesn't really rock. He rolls. He just rolls, maybe. <laughs> um, um, he was uh, 22 when he died. Jesus, 22. But also, when you look at the output that he had, if you get a Buddy Holly's Greatest Hits album, oh, yeah, yeah. oh boy, 30, 40 songs yeah, on oh, there. God, yeah. um, you know, he's not, he's not messing around. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I don't know, I just think he was uh, sort of sorely missed uh, when he died. And it, uh, it would have been interesting to see where, where he kind of went. I, he's kind of got that country roots in there as well, hasn't he? I think. Yeah, he kind of. I suppose he's he's like the beginnings of rock and roll, isn't he? he well, he's, like, yeah, for early uh, sort of early to mid fifties, wasn't it? When he yeah. was kind of just started, was getting um, died popular. died fifty nine. Wow. So and you think about that whole era of like still pre Beatles. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, when yeah, you yeah. Think yeah. About it's incredible, when he, isn't when it? When he was playing songs like this, who he must have influenced. I mean, we, we mentioned, didn't we, um, uh, Johnny, Johnny Be Good, didn't we, with Chuck mm. Berry, that kind of, that was kind of that yeah. same sort of era, uh, yeah, wasn't definitely. it? definitely, that's, that's um, the, 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 they're kind of the, the pioneers, really. Yeah, um, oh, wow, what incredible. And, because, uh, it, like, John Lennon took a lot of, uh, took a lot of his vocal yeah. influences. Well, they, they started like Buddy Holly, yeah, yeah. didn't they? Uh, the yeah, Rolling Stones did not fade away, did yeah. the cover not fade away. yeah, yeah. Um, it's not my favourite Buddy Holly song, though. doesn't matter whether it's not your favourite. <laughs> no, I would say it doesn't matter whether it's not your favourite. Um, is it a better song? I, do you know what I really think it is? But it's your, you know, it's your choice. So. 
this is a hard one, Jim. <laughs> it is a toughie. I've got to be honest, I didn't like Gary Boosie's portrayal of Buddy, Buddy Holly. No, hugely, but that doesn't hugely. have to come, no, that no, no, come no, into it. No, 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 that's the biggest, trying to give myself a bit more time to think. Actually, no, I like Peggy Sue. Okay, it's not my. It's actually not my favourite of his song, of his songs, but I do like it. It's a bloody good and, song. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it the kudos it it it, it deserves. I think you're right. Twenty, you know, however many years prior to Rocket Man. Yeah, but what we were saying about yeah. Token and yeah, yeah, you know, twenty two when he died. Yeah. Like all these people were doing much much better things than I was. Twenty. <laughs> I bet they were writing songs. But the age I was working in Burger King, I bet they were bloody writing songs. What was I doing? Drunk, yeah, falling over, having a good time, thinking it was good. Who's won now, though? Well, <laughs> me over Bloody Holly. Oh, definitely, guess, yeah, Bloody Holly. Okay, that was it. 4 1. Didn't expect to get, get to that. No, I outcome. Um, didn't see that coming at all. And a little, little segue into La Bamba, which obviously had. Um, um, oh, did you? Did you I was thinking of having La Bamba. I was yeah. going to have La Bamba. It was one of my choices. Um, with Richie, uh, Richie, Richie Havens, um, <laughs> Richie Valens, Richie Valens, um, yeah, that was a good song. Could have got him, could have got her. Don't know, maybe. Didn't he lose a time? He won a time cost to get on the plane, didn't he? Yeah, no, exactly. That's why, that's why I linked it to that. But yeah. uh, uh, and the big, it was a big bopper, wasn't it? Big bopper. Yeah. Chantilly. That's an awful. <laughs> what an awful plane journey to come. Just, there were so many of those, though. like Sam Cooke went on a plane. Yeah. yeah. No, Sam Cooke was shot in a motel, but there were loads who. Otis Redding, I still think about Otis Redding. Um, I, haven't, I haven't brought him up yet. He's another one that's uh, in it. Well, I've brought up my soul roots, but I've not. Basically, you know what? As soon as we're going down the car, we'll get a bit slightly <laughs> dark in the car. Let's do some RIP. So, first one is supposed to Keith Flint. Keith Flint. An apology. That was gutter. That was a real gutter. <laughs> One one person who I'd never expect to die uh, at such a young age. No. With him. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was quite a shock. I, I, remember, I remember copying his dancing when he had long hair and then loving him when he kind of took the lead vocals for Prodigy. Yeah. I've seen him a couple of times with Prodigy. Yeah, brilliant, no, yeah, they were great. Superb live. Um, that that yeah. Fat of the Land tour, I saw that in uh, Manchester. I remember it. Um, right, okay. University went at the MEN. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was very sad, Keith Flint, actually. Uh, I think his, it's difficult to see how good they are because they're so recent, recent history, but I think longevity, mm. in, in the long term, history will judge the prodigy very favourably. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it's very easy to kind of gloss over them as sort of um, plastic house music, isn't it? Because the, they kind of came, they, they really kind of blossomed through the acid house generation. Yeah, so early nineties, and that's the kind of dance music. But things like Charlie yeah. was in the was acid house in the eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, raves on the M twenty five, or going around the M twenty five. But I think. I they really found. They really found that whole era. They found. They found that sound, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, they were sort of fused, kind of like. Kind of almost like oh, and then they kind of went into metal, heavy rock, metal, 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 yeah. rock, and kind of. Yeah, when they uh, kind of punked it up. And he sort of went a bit kind of Johnny happy. Rotten, didn't he? he? Kind of looked. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Big Leroy, kind of like dance, gangly dancer. Yeah, Liam Howell, uh, yeah. Maxime as well. Uh, oh, Poison was a great somewhere yeah. when they got tapped into him as a as a. A singer, great, great band live, and that's yeah. when they talk. When West went live, kind of like dance music, was really yeah. kind of big, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I was thinking of the Phoenix Festival, and that was it. Uh, 
Great, real shame, real shame. Um, and it's been a lot. It's, it's been, been a lot of few, isn't it? So let's Someone that we mentioned earlier, Scott Walker. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realise how much I liked Scott Walker. And so only like a, few, like a few months ago, it was a bit of a shock when he died, because I've been listening to Jackie, yeah. or Jackie, which we, we, we kind of mentioned earlier, but then the Walker Brothers, mm. and um, uh, yeah, didn't realise how much I liked him. So that was a, that yeah. was a bit of a shock. Yeah, brilliant. Peculiar, a peculiar man. Excellent voice. Yeah, really good really, voice. Yeah. A good story, a good storyteller when he sung. I remember seeing him on the uh, George Holland show about 20 years ago and he did some weird, he did a back and he just, he was looking just a bit strange. Well, when remember he that, he played guitar yeah. and it was just a bit, and so there was a little silence after he played and we're like, is that it? I'm not sure if he kind of hit, wasn't quite sure how to finish the song and he just stopped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when he, Left the Walker Brothers and that kind. Of, he he went big, he went very experimental, didn't he? Mm. Um, and that's kind of why I say sort of storytelling. He, he really uh, went into the kind of the performance art. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, rather than the kind of plastic pop songs. Yeah, he did it. He did it his own way. Didn't, mm. he? didn't really didn't follow a trend. And then of course we had um, from that we had Peter Talk from the Monkeys. I was gutted about yeah. that. I was quite. I had a really kind of interesting. Funny face, and I mean, like, kind of nice, kind of really kind of cheeky and stuff. I thought his whole pudding base and haircut, yeah. and the well, that's his demeanour. He's quite goofy, sergeant, wasn't he? But the Sergeant Pepper shirts that he yeah. used to wear, I thought, really suited him. Yeah. When we used to play, when we used to watch the monkeys, and when I was a kid, we used to play and be them. Like, yeah. You know, when you be the people from a TV show, I would always be Peter Talk. <laughs> um, uh, I, I have a connection with the monkeys. Did, did you hear yeah, that? I once went out with a girl from that four months, I think, when I was at college, and she used to ride horses for David Jones in ah. his stable. Uh, he had a stable. David yeah. Jones lived near me, um, where, where, where I grew up. And uh, yeah, so that was uh, that's that's another big, big monkey connection there. But yeah, no, I was genuinely gutted about Peter Talk. I, like him. Um, and then we have Dick Dale, of course, better known for his uh, big song in the Pulp Fiction movie. Um, yeah. A classic kind of um, guitar, surfing guitar kind of sound yeah. that he had. Um, to be honest, that's all I really knew of him. It wasn't really a yeah. follow of Dick Dale. No, um, good name. Great name. And also, then we had Andre Previen, aka Andre Preview. Andre Preview. <laughs> the Walker <Walking> Wise Erstwhile <laughs> <laughs> Stooge. Like, obviously. World class conductor, mm. you know, fine, fine figure in the yeah, yeah. world, but would always be have a fun place in my heart <laughs> for not well, recognising no. the notes being played. <laughs> it was all the right notes, just not necessarily in the right order. And then there's a band called Hers who, who oh, yeah. died about a few weeks back. Just as they uh, were breaking through, really, yeah. Yeah, well, they, um, I, I didn't. They sort of made it ma- super big, but they were on no. The it, made me, it made me think of a band who I really like their yeah. only album, which kind of got released sort of posthumously, with the band called Viola Beach. Oh, they were in the um, car accident. Yeah, they were in a kind of Norway, similar yeah. kind of thing when they were abroad, just just making it or just starting to make it, and yeah. then they all trying to go with the tour manager. And it made me think of them, who I really think were great. Yeah, I um, thought. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, it's been, it's been such a, brutal, a waste. It's been such a, a waste to start to the year, really. Oh, it is. I mean, it's no 2016. No. The the fingers the, crossed. The Barry. No. The Barry. The Barry year. Barry Barry. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that was a brutal few months, wasn't it? That was basically that was that, that when Bowie died. Bowie Barry died. 
basically. It felt like someone was going through my iPod <laughs> music collection Delete. and killing people. That's right. Send that. That'd be brutal as that. Um, listen, there you go. That's great. 4-1. Four, four, that's good. Sorry, Alan. Didn't mean to, didn't mean to hurt you. Um, all right, mate. Nice one. That's a good, good one. 4-1, uh, Elton. Good one, yeah. Have that, LT. <laughs> Catch us if you can on at Five Better Podcast on the usual social medias. Yeah. Um, always uh, interested to hear what you're going to say and what you want to give us, give us a theme, give us a topic. Do you think there are other songs that are better from biopics that you want to throw into the mix? We're more than happy to, to put that give on Twitter shout, and yeah. get into conversation. Obviously, an hour long podcast, we can't talk about everything, so. Do the work for us, is what yeah. essentially you're saying. Have a lovely Easter, <laughs> all of you. Whatever you do. See you, bye! Five better, five better, five better podcast. Five better, five better, five better podcast.